Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Cannabis Today podcast. I'm Steve Blank. On this edition of the podcast, we're joined by Alex Blumenstein of Leaf Forward. Leaf Forward is a global launchpad for cannabis innovation. Through their business accelerator program and venture fund, they invest a little bit of money, up to $75,000, and a whole lot of time and expertise into promising early-stage cannabis startups. Without further ado, Alex Blumenstein. Good day treating you, all business aside, man. Uh, it's not bad. It's a beautiful day. We haven't had too many great days yet, so it's, uh, it's nice to see. <laughs> right on. Where am I speaking to you from? Where are you today? I'm in Toronto. Right on. Yeah, where are you? I'm California? in Longmont, Colorado. I'm just outside Colorado. Of Boulder, yeah. Got it, got it. Are you from Colorado? No, I'm a Philadelphia native. How about yourself? Are you native uh, yeah, to the I'm area? From, yeah, I'm from Toronto. Right on. Born and raised. Sweet. Well, before we um get into any wormholes without giving you a proper introduction <laughs> or allowing you to give yourself one, um, unless you had any questions about the, the podcast as a whole or, or processes and procedures, but pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How, how long are we going to go for? Uh, maybe an hour. Okay, cool. That should be fine. Cool. Yeah. That's all I really had, uh, allotted for us today. And by all means, if we don't get to unpack everything and you, you're happy enough with the first experience to consider a round two, then you certainly wouldn't be the first. And I'm all for awesome. It. I'm, uh, going to take a minute to just bring our notes up um, sure and maybe while i do so we'll use that as an opportunity to uh allow you just to introduce yourself to everybody sure so uh my name is alex blumenstein i'm the founder and ceo of leaf forward leaf forward is a venture fund and accelerator based in toronto uh, and we're across the country of canada uh we invest in early stage cannabis companies and we support them uh, pretty intensively with uh, our in-house expertise, our great network of SODAC matter experts and industry leaders, um, and we help them grow their businesses and, and make uh, early-stage cannabis companies successful. Right on, man. How long have uh, how long has Leaf Forward been uh, in effect? So we've been around in some form or another for the last two and a half years. Uh, I'll give you kind of the story of how we ended up in the in the format we are today. Sure. So we started, uh, as I said, two and a half years ago, and myself and my uh, co-founders were, were really just looking for a way to get into the cannabis industry. We, we worked in regulated industries. Uh, we obviously were interested in cannabis uh, and figured, you know, we would be uh, relevant to this industry, but we didn't really know the exact way in. So we figured we'd start with having a meetup um, it was just a simple, easy way to get a bunch of people in the room who were involved in the industry. Uh, so in January of 2017, we had Vic Newfield, who was the CEO of Freya, one of the large publicly traded Canadian uh, license holders. Um, and that was great. We had a great turnout. We, we realized that we had something interesting on our hands. So we built, built up that, that, part of, uh, that part of our organization. Uh, and we've expanded that. We've expanded the events, the learning networking meetups, to cities across Canada now. So we're in uh, Halifax, uh, Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Vancouver. Um, and, you know, those were good. They're great, actually, I'd say, but they're not a business, um, or at least not a business which we wanted to be in. So what we, we said was, what, what, what assets do we have here? What, what do we have that's going well for us? And we have these network of entrepreneurs, and we have this network of industry leaders. So we figured... Let's bring it all together and start an accelerator. Um, so what we did was we started 
a kind of what I'd call a pre-accelerator program. Um, we had four of those. Two of them were one-day programs. We had a six-week program called Spread to Pitch, where we had a group of companies join us twice a week, different people speaking to them about the process of raising money specifically within the cannabis industry. Um, and then we had a cannabis startup boot camp where we spent four days in a boardroom downtown Toronto with 40 companies from across Canada, uh, had, uh, you know, 30 plus speakers come in and really trained everybody up on everything they needed to know to start a business uh, within this industry. Uh, from there, we said, let's, uh, let's turn this into something that we can actually capture some upside on for the businesses which we're helping. So we went out, we raised a, uh, a small venture fund of just over a million dollars, uh, which we now use to make investments into, uh, into the company's uh, check sizes, 50 to $75,000. That's awesome. What, um, what was your, your experience like uh, before flipping that switch, before making the, the jump and, and going leaf forward? Sure. So I worked with um, – so prior to cannabis, I worked with uh, regulated industries, uh, land use, ground transportation, airlines, tobacco – uh, as a, as a consultant and, uh, we did a little bit of cannabis work, which sort of gave me that exposure. Uh, so when we were making the transition into cannabis, I, uh, I joined a company called, uh, it was called Delshen at the time, uh, which is one of the licensed producers here in Canada. It's now, I mean, Delshen still exists, but the parent company is 48 North, um, which is, uh, one, another publicly traded company, uh, up here. Um, I joined there just uh, as first to hire after the CEO and in, in a role of uh, corporate affairs and strategy and helped develop, develop that brand and develop that strategy there. Um, so I was there for about a year and a half before leaving to jump into, uh, to leave forward full time. So can you help, uh, maybe expand more into the, um, the different, components that make up the accelerator program i know we kind of dropped a, sure. a bomb of knowledge there but it sounds like there's a lot to unpack there maybe we can uh explore each of those um channels or opportunities really in and of themselves sure so there's two pieces to to the business i'd say um there's the events and there's the um the accelerator the events for us they act you know they, they serve a purpose in themselves to build a community build ecosystem uh within this industry uh you know we know from you know any entrepreneur understands that it's very lonely out there um and any you know any company you know even bigger companies understand the importance of of having that that ecosystem around them so the events act as both servicing the community the industry of having people um at either end of the spectrum of small business and large business in the same room together, sharing ideas. Um, and specifically for us, it acts as a way to build a, a funnel into our program to find companies who are investable, who fit our criteria, who we want to uh, uh, make deals with. Um, and in addition to that, it also helps us build up our network. The way our, our programming works has been, has been actually quite iterative. Um, as I mentioned, we started with these, these pre-accelerator programs, uh, which were sort of, you know, pay to play. We didn't get any upside of the companies and we just um, uh, gave them some advice uh, from, from some, you know, people smarter than us who we brought around. Now we transitioned after we raised the fund to a cohorted accelerator model. And the way that worked was we had a, uh, a similar type boot camp off the top. 
Um, and then we had twice weekly meetings where we worked with the companies. We worked with the companies every day, but we had twice weekly meetings where one, we would have the group of companies uh, tell, tell everybody about their, their accomplishments for the past week, what they want to achieve next week, and how we can all work together to, to get that done. Um, and our second meeting would be bringing in different mentors to do one-on-one office hours with, uh, with, each, with each of our, our portfolio companies. We've actually continued to iterate on this model um, away from the cohort of model to a rolling intake. And our, our approach, and, and the reason we moved away from it is that, you know, in an industry which moves so quickly, it's not the, it's not very efficient to, to take the cohorted approach. You're waiting a long time in between application periods. You're going to miss things. Um, and in addition to that, you know, our approach today is to be, what we like to say is additional co-founders to these companies. We'll take slightly larger positions than we had originally in the companies, work with them quite intensively uh, to help them build their businesses up. So it's not a programming-based uh, accelerator. It's really a, we're going to give you money and work the hell out of you to make sure that you get to where you need to go. That's awesome. Um, I, I'm consistently reminded of um, a music industry parallel, and I almost like hesitate to make it, but simply having the experience in the space, it reminds me of the way record labels used to uh, – take an artist on into uh, A&R or um, development, um, you know, before going ahead and, and making an investment, so to speak. And so as you kind of described the symbiotic relationship, I just couldn't help to to, to think of the label status. Um, do, do you have thoughts on or, or how do you see the 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 community coming to shape um i guess a better way to say it is maybe um well no not business aside let's keep it business but more the personal element of of business um the components of um how how these businesses you know conduct themselves and and less of the the roi strategy and and more so um the environment and the experience that they create for themselves and for their employees is a great example. Um, what seems to be the mindset around that, whether it's from a leaf forward perspective or whether it's, you know, what you gather from those that you, you work around so often. Sure. I mean, I, I think the industry is very much in its early days right now. So it, it's a small community. It's both collaborative and combative uh, at times in many ways. Um, but I think everybody is fairly optimistic and fairly collaborative right now. Um, people understand that, you know, we're all seeing each other at the same events. We're all working the same business. There's a lot of overlaps. And with, you know, the amount of MA that's happening, there's going to be people working together who are on the other sides of the battle lines Um uh, just a short time before. So uh, I think the, the culture, the attitude is, is quite good. And I don't think that there's a lot of divide, you know, uh, I guess along the traditional battle lines of people who were, you know, in the illicit market and people who are new to this industry either. Um, you know, there's still some, some friction there, but I think it's being overcome because, you know, the approach that a lot of these like larger players are taking have been, been, 
you know, relatively inclusive. Um, but we'll see how that shakes out over the longer term and if uh, the promises which are made uh, come through. For sure. As uh, Is there certain criteria that Leaf Forward uses to determine um, who to work with, so to speak? Yeah. Or is Leaf Forward more of an open resource to all of those interested in pursuing that path? So, you know, anyone who's interested in getting involved in starting a business in cannabis can be part of the community, right? So that's why we have the event. So you can come, you can meet people, you can learn, right? Our goal of these events are for you to learn something new and meet somebody new. So that's open to anybody. Um, in terms of how, how we actually make investment decisions, um, that's that's you know, uh, obviously a very case-by-case basis, but I can walk you through uh, both the process and how we, how we approach our thinking on that. Um, so the process is, you know, we have, uh, we have, a, a, an application, the application's pretty straightforward. Um, we're not looking for people to, uh, you know, answer unanswerable questions. We're not looking for deep dives in the financials just because of the nature of the stage of the business we're in. So you, you, you have to go through our application process. Um, and then we will evaluate that. We'll call you up. We'll ask you more questions, uh, get to know you a little bit better, probably do several more follow-ups that way uh then we put together a note we have an investment committee of some very smart people very accomplished people in this industry who advise us on on our investment decisions we then have those conversations with them uh likely they'll return more questions to the applicant uh which we bring to them uh and then eventually we'll make a decision uh the way our process you know often works is we'll actually start working with a company um sort of in a in a light touch basis prior to them even applying, or maybe, you know, at some point after they applied, but prior to us actually seriously um, working them through the application process. Uh, and that just gives us, and we think they're promising, if we get a good feel for them, it gives us a feel for what they actually are like, how they handle um, working collaboratively with us, how they're organized, and also gives us some insight into if the business, you know, makes any sense. What we actually look for um, we're definitely a founder first approach. We look for people who are capable and smart and are able to execute on the ideas. Uh, if you don't have execution, it doesn't really matter. Um, we also look for people who are, or, or for companies who, who solve sort of real industry problems. Um, so we want people who are kind of thinking outside of the box, who are creative, uh, and can do, do things which are, um, uh, will, will end up, you know, returning value to us. Right on. It looks like uh, the next meetup is the 29th. Is that still accurate? That is correct. Uh, that's the next one. We don't. I, I don't think we actually currently have anything scheduled uh, outside of Toronto, um, just because we just did them and we do the outside of Toronto events uh, on a less frequent basis. But we actually have a, yeah, an awesome event if there's anyone in Toronto who wants to check it out. Um, we'll be having um, three pretty interesting venture uh, investors uh, on a panel to talk about, you know, the process of raising money within this space. Uh, so we have Matt Shalhoub from Green Acre Capital, who's actually our, our largest backer. Um, and then Narve uh, Alexandrian from Canopy Rivers, which is uh, Canopy Growth Corp's, I guess, sister company investment arm. Um, and then Jamie Rosenblatt from Golden Ventures, who's actually not, they're not a cannabis-focused venture firm, but they're another successful uh, Toronto-based VC firm. Uh, with definitely who, who who brings you know quite a lot of interesting insight uh, to that conversation. 
For sure. To kind of lead to that conversation, there you know, there's obviously a, a, a wealth to cover uh, with that regard. But to kind of just unpack that a little bit, what can startups or businesses that have been at it for a while and are simply looking for an investment to help take it to the next level, um, what can they do now? to improve their opportunities to, um, you know, do works with the likes of uh, Jamie Rosenblatt or uh, Leap Forward? Yeah, so, you know, it, it's important that these companies, you know, if you want to raise money, other than, you know, what I said before, about like having a good team and having a good product, um, you, you got to also say what you do. Do what you say, right? So say, we want to accomplish these things, accomplish those goals, and then set new goals. I think that's a really good way to go to an investor and say, look, six months ago, we said we want to accomplish A, B, and C. Um, we've done that. Now we need to raise more money to accomplish um, D, E, and F. So what that shows to an investor is, you know, you had goals. You executed on those goals. As I was saying before, execution is very important. Um, and then you're saying, I need money now. And there's a reason why I'm raising money. Um, it's to accomplish these three goals. Um, and, and this is how we're going to get there. Right. So I, I think that's the at a very high level, the most important thing uh, people can do is uh, put, set very clear goals and, and do those. And that's true of any stage of the business you're in. So if you are, you know, you still have a job, you don't have any money, you're going to need somebody to get you started. You can't come to us and be like, hey, I have this idea. Uh, I haven't done anything, but I want you to fund me at some crazy valuation to get my idea off the ground. That, that's not going to happen. But if you can say, if you can make a really compelling case that you've already done everything you can do uh, and accomplished a number of things, which sets you up to be competitive at doing this, then you're in a much better position to make a case to an investor. Absolutely well said. Uh, adversely, what are some of the uh, most common uh, pitfalls that you know businesses experiences that end up leading them to not being successful with achieving uh, startup capital? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess I'll say, what do we, like what um, I'm trying, I'm trying to say there's separate. I think there's sort of two questions there. One is, you know, there's things that help stops early stage businesses from being successful overall. And then there's also what stops you from raising money. Um, so I think at least through our experiences, what stops, and we're, we look at really early stage companies, so it's not the same for later stage companies. Um, but, you know, the people who, people who just don't bother researching what we do, don't bother researching our terms, um, don't really understand the market, especially in such a specific market. When you don't understand that, that's a pretty big red flag. Um, people who don't understand the regulations uh, and people who wildly uh, misunderstand what their valuation is. So that's what that's what stops you sort of from like getting in the door with us um, on top of just, you know, not having a compelling concept. Um, what I think hurts a lot of early entrepreneurs is just lack of focus and lack of organization. Um, and that comes back to what I was saying before, which is you just have to get to each um, uh, to each goal. Right. So there's so much out there. There's so much any company will want to do. Uh, but there's very little any company should do. And also, they should do it. 
So there's, you know, there's like founder paralysis where people will say, I'm going to start a company um, and I'm going to do everything and then they end up doing nothing. So it's important to say, here's what I need to do and then do it, do it, do it, do it. And even if you fail at doing it, you'll at least learn and, and be able to adjust along the way. Um, but not doing it, not even trying to execute the one goal you have, uh, that's how I think a lot of these companies sort of in our early stage world uh, don't succeed. Absolutely. Um, what uh, what was your, you know, I asked a little bit about what you were up to before um, Leaf Forward as a whole. And this seems to be sort of a thematic question today. But, um, you know, what led you to, to the path that you've taken overall, not specific to uh, cannabis as much as to business, you know, where you uh, uh big lemonade stand tycoon way back in the day like you know how, how'd how you get there going back that far potentially yeah it's a good question that i haven't really thought about a lot um so i, I i'd say this is like pretty uncharacteristic of me that i and i sort of you know fell into this i think i've you know somewhat been entrepreneurial in the past and when i was in consulting i definitely had my own um my own my own firm then um and when I had jobs, I was, uh, I'd say, you know, entrepreneurial in terms of self-starting and, and, and spinning up my own initiatives while I was there. But really, this was just right place, right time, uh, circumstances that kind of led myself and my partners to take this on. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm an introvert. I, I don't like, you know, talking to people, building networks, but that's, you know, the core of our business now. And it's just because I've been, I've set out to really take on this very specific um, task, I've been able to focus my energy on doing that. Um, but I'd say that it's, it's, it's definitely not something I, I, I set out to do or predicted. Uh, so I, I really don't have, you know, some, some good uh, clear story on how, uh, <laughs> how I ended up here. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And the, many of us don't i I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. either but you know it's just interesting to to ask you know some people are like i you know i'm five but when i'm 25 i will be (laughs) a firefighter or i will be you know and so it's just interesting how um business people and and um you know media and marketing like stuff like this for me goes all the way back to childhood of like dual cassette uh, tape recorders and kind of making my own mixes and, <laughs> and introducing uh, my own interludes and sort of playing you know radio DJ and went on to to mess around playing with music and stuff so nevertheless just to say like it, it's in there somewhere um, yeah that, that, well, what that, was your first uh, the name of your first radio show that you made yourself um <laughs> I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I don't know that. I, I don't think it really. We weren't as uh, hyped on on brand, I guess, at Got that it. time. <laughs> so, is the best way to say it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't hitting Fiverr up for a logo or 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 anything like that. No, I was probably like eleven years old or ten years old or something like that, and just me and a a friend, a neighbor, kind of knocking it out so yeah maybe think about it maybe if we get to double back we can kind of um (laughs) dig further into that i was thinking um 
looking at the events page here and and you mentioning the the cities that you work in um this may or may not be a dumb question sometimes those are the most important to ask you host these events and do business in those cities very obviously but businesses uh outside of those cities and furthermore outside of uh canada um potential to collaborate with leaf forward uh with that regard or not necessarily yeah absolutely um we we really so we we'd really love to be in other other cities uh other countries we're always looking for people who can help us do that uh we really have a toolkit to help get events off the ground so you know to us more the merrier um we like the idea of having the leaf forward banner flying you know all across the globe um it's it's beneficial one to the people who are organizing it uh two to the local community and three obviously to us because it helps us again with that that funnel of really finding those ideas so our goal is to, to be you know the first stop for somebody who wants to start a business in cannabis um that they say you know i should apply to leaf forward because they're the most obvious um first path for a cannabis entrepreneur. Um, so definitely. And we have, we have branched outside of Canada uh, once so far to Melbourne, Australia, where we've had an event. Uh, we plan to, to keep those going. We think uh, Australia is an interesting market, quite analogous to Canada. Uh, and we want to sort of export uh, what we've learned here down there. Right on. Um, man. <laughs> the, the more, uh, this is typical of these uh, conversations, but the more answers I get, the more uh, <laughs> questions I have, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, while I kind of roll through our notes here, maybe would you give me an idea of, um, you know, maybe Leaf Forward as a whole or maybe you specifically? Um, what? There's a lot of mergers and acquisitions now. And I think that trend's only going to continue, um, specific to the cannabis industry, of course. What do you think the future looks like? And, you know, use your own definition of that, 5, 10, 25 years, whatever it is, in terms of um, mergers and acquisitions in cannabis. Sure. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we don't really die, you know, do that too much. I mean, it's not really our, our, our bread and butter as we're, you know, we're, we're early stage companies. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not a keen observer of the public markets. Um, I, I, I think we're in a, a pretty unusual time right now. Um, I think we'll continue to see a, a much more consolidation. Uh, so there'll be a lot more M&A going on over the next, you know, couple of years. Um, there'll also be some failure over that time too. So we're going to see many fewer cannabis companies, uh, you know, five years from now, some because they've merged others because they just have gone out of business. Um, but then I think it'll, you know, it'll slow down, but then we'll probably see some other blockbuster mergers down the line. Um, just because there's just not going to be that many major cannabis companies, just like there aren't that many, uh, major alcohol companies. So, I think we'll see uh, continue to see a spike. I don't think we're at the bottom of it, we're at the top of it at all. Um, it'll calm down, but then it'll continue to consolidate. And you know, uh, bigger companies coming together, but that'll take much much longer. Absolutely. Do you do um, uh, a lot of outside events? You know, not not um, leaf forward produced events, but is that a, a large part of your process in terms of engaging? 
um, other businesses as, you know, trade shows and B2B exhibitions, things like that? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we have presence at a number of the uh, cannabis events uh, here in Canada, um, mostly through, you know, we, we get ourselves with speaking roles. We definitely attend, uh, and they're great ways to connect with the industry. Uh, we've got Lyft coming up here in Toronto, I believe starts on June 6th or 7th. Uh, so that'll be a good time. It's always great to, to see everybody in the industry there. Um, it's definitely important to us to do outreach to sort of like non-cannabis groups. Uh, how many events we participate in, not a ton, but we definitely try to get in, in front of other kind of accelerators that aren't in cannabis, sort of universities who, who, who have that kind of innovation programs. Um, that way, people who aren't kind of in this world who want to get involved can, can know about us. So definitely that kind of proactive outreach and, and crossover events are, are pretty important to building the network. Uh, and, and we're a pretty network focused organization. Absolutely. Yeah. What um, portion of digital marketing or media or networking is uh, a part of your play at this point? How, you know, what kind of role does that play in your overall approach to interacting with the community? I mean, you know, like we're, we're online. Uh, um, we, we definitely have, you know, our social media channels, but I, I'd say that's not our, our main focus. Um, we definitely see the importance of that, but we've, we've, you know, we find the, the, the most valuable way to either, you know, find investment opportunities or build community is really one-to-one -one communication. Um, so that's speaking with people, telling them about what we do, um, and then getting their buy-in and that actually kind of, I think that has more built-in virality than posting online um, or email campaigns because it goes a lot further to build a relationship with one person who then becomes an advocate for you uh, than it does uh, to just, you know, engaging online. It's a very different experience. Um, and I think there's, there's much more sort of value for time in, in the approach we take. Right on. Um, let's bring it back up our notes here and see if I, um, Specific to, I guess, some of the marketing uh, kind of subtopics that we were talking about, um, you know, you're making partnerships and investments with brands and, and Lee Ford being a brand in and of itself and the Internet kind of being a place where hands are tied in a lot of ways uh, in terms of producing marketing messages. Do you have any thoughts or insights on what the you know more successful brands that you're encountering or interacting with? are doing that are creating success in that realm w with such restrictions? Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely pretty tough to market and especially in Canada where the restrictions are, are, are extra uh, restrictive above, you know, the platforms that, you know, Facebook and Google platforms not allowing for, for advertising through them. Um, but I think that there's two things that are happening right now, at, at least up here. Um, one is there's a lot of pushing the limits and seeing what Health Canada, who regulates this, uh, will say. So, you know, you have Canopy doing stuff and they have, you know, however many billion in cash right now. They're not afraid to pay a fine. So they'll, they'll push the limit and see what they can get away with. Uh, and I think that's an important exercise right now. Um, so we can really understand what, what our options are as, as marketers, uh, as brands trying to get out there. 
Um, and then that, I think there's just a lot of creativity that's needed. Um, there's other strictly regulated industries that have done well. Um, you know, alcohol, which is not obviously uh, restricted as much, but tobacco, uh, porn, like there's all sorts of vices out there that uh, seem to continue to do quite well uh, without being able to spend money on traditional advertising. So I think that one, there should be more outreach to talent from those uh, from those uh, industries. Uh, and secondly, just, you know, people need to be creative in, in this industry. And I think that will uh, really separate uh, the wheat from the chaff when you see people doing that. Absolutely. Well said. Can you speak to the dynamic of, um, of innovation in cannabis brands and particularly within startups? There are a lot of options. Um, and another way to say that is that there's a lot of saturation. What's your... You know, at what rate are you experiencing, you know, truly innovative products and services that, um, God, I'm going to say it for lack of better terms are, are like potentially game changing versus just like how you spent your day yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, considering businesses just like that, like how much innovation are you really seeing? So, you know, <laughs> I think it's true of any like accelerator, you're not going to see you know, you, you don't know that something's game changing until they actually change the game. That's true. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, we see a lot of things. I think we see a lot of things that are definitely not game changing. We can definitely rule things out. Um, we see a lot of people who are like, I'm going to be X for cannabis. And in most cases that doesn't make sense because X can just be that for cannabis. Um, so that's always, what's an example uh, of that? Like, saying you know we see stuff there it's like i'm gonna be tinder for cannabis which actually tinder can't be tinder for cannabis like it just doesn't even make sense right um when you're just you know drawing the lines around what happens or another one is like uber for cannabis and there it's like yes there could be um an uber for cannabis but you you need to be specially qualified to do that right because you're not inventing something new you're taking a business model and applying it to this so you need to have the resources you need to have the know-how you should have worked at uber to do it right like so that's where we see a lot of people wasting time are you telling me um, having an idea and having a business are two different things uh, you know what i think i am um so that's that's something that which we see people wasting a lot of time on um i think there's you know a lot of hard science that's being done um in terms of developing formulations, understanding cannabinoids and their interactions with the human body. Uh, and there's a lot of research um, that's being done there that could potentially be game-changing. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of fluff in there too, but uh, that's, a, that's more of a longer time horizon, which we'll have to wait and see uh, what exists there. Hold on. Is Leaf Forward with regard to its investments? Um, uh, I'm not sure exactly how to phrase it, but financially a singular entity or a variety of you know a collection of investors who make up the sums of money that leaf forward connects these startups with no we are a a a limited partner venture fund so we are a legally structured fund we have investor money in one bank account and we can execute on investments directly copy that 
what is uh is is will you personally be at lift i will be nice <laughs> is this um you've been before yeah 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 i think this is uh third or fourth year going and how long has lift been at it do you know um i want to say five or six years gotcha i, I i'm not sure <laughs> It I'll came out you with them. You should you should have uh, somebody from that team on for sure. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I, I, I just ask it to kind of see just see if maybe you have more uh, experience being native to the region. I just ask because it <laughs> seems like Lyft kind of came out of came out of the gate swinging heavy. Like Lyft was oh, a big sure. deal asap, and uh, I guess that's just not necessarily the same. Or the reason that stands out to me is because there are definitely a couple of elite uh exhibitions and trade shows and and uh, environments like that in the u.s but there's definitely a, a lot of saturation in in that space um are you finding the same in in canada oh, yeah. and your market specifically Tons <laughs> yeah of... there's there's a there's a, everyone is trying to do something touching cannabis right now um there's a lot of events a lot of trade shows and i think we're we're kind of at a saturation point for that uh, which is fine. Um, things will things will die down uh, probably by next year. Um, I, I I wouldn't doubt that at all. But it's good. It's good to see the excitement. It's good to see people wanting to be involved. Um, it's a little exhausting having to go to it all, um, but definitely uh, seeing a lot a lot of stuff going on. Is that a large part of your day, you know, or your day to day? You're plugged into all those events personally out there, shaking hands and kissing babies and plants. <laughs> doing what I can. Um, and I think it's, you know, this is sort of like the ramp up to it now as summer begins. That's when there's more of these types of events going on. So that's, uh, that's part of it, part of the job. Right on. What, um, let's see, what haven't we gotten a chance to, to dig into here really that, uh, would be regretting in hindsight have not having done so anything um that we haven't opened up here that is worth sharing with uh the platform i mean most most important to me is to to encourage people to reach out and apply uh we are looking for people to invest in uh we really want strong founders to to come to us um and uh pitch their ideas so you know if you're not necessarily ready to actually write your application uh, you can go on our website and you can email us or you can call in with us um, and just chat with us about what's going on. Um, you know, if you have a bad idea, we'll tell you really quickly, uh, which is a good way to save a lot of your time. Um, but uh, if you have a good idea, we'll be interested and, and be really eager to carry on the conversation with you. Sounds pretty easy. <laughs> it's easy it's easy to call it's easy to it's easy to tell us your idea it gets harder after that no no and and that's <laughs> and i yeah and i totally didn't uh mean to imply <laughs> that it's like you know easy to get your your hands on, on on handfuls of cash rather like that sounds like an opportunity as a startup owner operator manager some kind of entrepreneur in the space is uh worth exploring further so i'm elated that you put it that way i guess is the way to say it great yeah absolutely um where or how can we uh get in touch or or where can we learn more uh about leaf forward sure so leafforward.org all of the information about our events about our program uh to book a call to email us that's all available there or you can just email you know you email me directly alex at leafforward.org uh more than happy to hear from you 
directly people you can call you can email them ask questions and hopefully they'll let you down nicely if it's a dumb one <laughs> exactly uh we, well we'll try to be nice but no guarantees to be honest <laughs> yeah, depending on <laughs> the caliber on the... of your dumb question it's hard to dance around it sometimes i'm sure exactly it depends on my mood too Woo, fair enough <laughs> what do you got going on this weekend anything good uh well it's a long is it a long weekend in the states as well it's a long weekend here um so and the sun's out so i think i'm just gonna enjoy that right on i uh i'm i'm 99 percent uh on the same page with you i'm not sure about the, <laughs> the three-day weekend uh take it anyway you deserve it oh you're too kind <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep in touch uh, appreciate i appreciate talking that. to you here today and really appreciate what you're doing for for the uh the industry and uh look forward to seeing the name more and uh if you enjoy the experience today relatively so i'd uh, love to have you back in the future awesome yeah no i really do appreciate you having me on like it is important to us to get exposure so it's really helpful and i i i do appreciate it appreciate your time i hope you have a great weekend and uh, thanks again thank you see you later bye to contact leaf forward or for more information visit leafforward.org as always please rate review subscribe and share I'm Steve Blank, and thanks again for listening to the Cannabis Today podcast.